Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. So, Patrick, yes, um, I yes, want to know, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Sun's out. Uh, it's a nice day. I'm in my basement recording a podcast with you. So, good day. Nice. Good day. How about yeah. you? How about yourself? You having? Are you having a good day today, Andy? You know what? I I can definitely say that I am. Um, I'm excited to be here on this this fresh new episode, um, talking to you. Not recording in my basement, but it's still a good day. Yeah, that's good. I have a question for you, Andy. Okay. What did you Shoot. have? Yeah. What did you have for lunch today? <laughs> for lunch. So today for lunch, I had a good old fashioned baked potato. Like it was good stuff. I like freshly we, we baked. Had like, it wasn't freshly baked, so it was like a it was a leftover baked potato from a couple of days ago. But I popped it in the oven, um, and you know got it nice and hot as you should with a baked potato. And and then I you know I put the I, I chopped up some bacon. We had some leftover bacon, so I got the bacon bits, got the sour cream and the cheese, and it was great. I I had an enjoyable lunch experience for sure. Nice. What cheese do you go with? Is it just a cheddar? Yeah, just just the standard cheddar. Are you like a mild, like when you say standard cheddar, is that like mild, medium, sharp? Oh man, I am not a cheese person. <laughs> I have no idea. It's the kind that like has the. <laughs> it was like it's pre-grated. Oh, okay. you know, it's kind of you get like you buy a bag at Costco of like of you know grated cheese, and it has yeah. like the white bits and the yellow bits, and it's called cheddar. <laughs> That's that's the cheese. <laughs> it's called cheese. <laughs> so you have this you have this giant bag of cheese. It's probably like four feet tall by like two yeah. feet wide, right? So you got a Costco. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just picture you just pour it on this thing called cheddar. Just like <laughs> just like big words on the outside. What's what's the what's the <laughs> what's the Costco brand? It's like Kirkland. Kirkland. <laughs> Kirkland, and then cheddar. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just mixed of uh, a mix of just whatever, whatever probably they were making that day, right? Whatever type of cheddar. That's right. Whatever type of cheddar, and probably a mix of like old shredded Costco cards. You know, the the ones that people don't use anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Got to have some of those in there. (laughs) They got to do something with them all. Why didn't they just, I mean, Kirkland is the Costco brand. Why didn't they just call it Costco? Like, why do they have to, why do they have to call it Kirkland? I don't, I don't know. That's, uh, maybe Costco acquired a company named Kirkland, Kirkland. Um, that's a great question, Patrick. Hmm. Something we'll have to explore a lot more. Maybe we can get some of the Costco folks here yeah. on the pod. Uh, cir- let's circle back around to the potato, uh, the sour cream. <laughs> Do you ever have you ever gone with ranch? You know, I've never done ranch before, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely a sour cream guy. But I can I can understand it because the way I see baked potatoes is they are essentially large French fries, just giant French fries. Yeah, and I do dip French fries in ranch. So dipping and or putting ranch on a baked potato is not crazy, but it's not something that I typically go for. Yeah. It seems like that would be in your wheelhouse. Like that just makes sense. Like you, you would have gone like, Oh, I'm going to put ranch on this (laughs) baked potato, but it's interesting that you have it. 
Yeah, I, I never have. I, I guess I'm just not inspired in that way, Patrick. Hmm. You know, that's some of us, some of us, I think, are gifted in some some ideas. You know, we, we get those those light bulbs above our heads, but you're just so that hasn't happened to me for yet, yet for baked potatoes and ranch. Your baked potato tradition is so ingrained with sour cream that you just haven't ever. I guess so. <clears throat> you haven't ever tried anything else. Have you tried any like Thousand Island or anything, or just it's always sour cream? Never. I. I that has never occurred to me to try Thousand Island on a baked potato. Is that is that something that's a thing? Who who does that? I don't know. Somebody... Like ranch, I kind of get ranch, but Thousand Island, Patrick, that's that's a little absurd. I think somebody probably did it somewhere, right? <laughs> you, oh, so you haven't done it? I've never you, done you it. You kind of brought it up like you have. No, that was just the first other salad dressing I could think of. That's all that was. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what about ketchup? Would you put ketchup on a baked potato? No, I would not. But you would put. Oh man! But you you put ketchup on fries. Okay. So this is complicated. <laughs> I let's let's talk about this my con- ketchup preferences. Confessionals. <laughs> Andy Andy confessionals right now. <laughs> so this is this is complicated. So I don't like like if I have French fries, I do not ever use ketchup. I don't think ketchup is great for some reason. It's so weird. I don't like ketchup on french fries um not that big of a fan on ketchup with like hot dogs or corn dogs um however when i'm when i'm eating like a breakfast like hash like i got like eggs and hash browns that is the only time when i find ketchup to be appropriate and i don't know why because Hmm. that's potatoes too but yeah it doesn't make it just doesn't make sense to me to put it in fries because i think ketchup is like the worst of all of the condiments it's like the lowest form of condiments it's also just horrible for you so and you know this you know this podcast is sponsored by heinz right andy like, i think, <laughs> no, I think sponsored by taco bell <laughs> they, they don't have any ketchup all they have is my you know the hot <laughs> yeah. sauce well, so i think we're okay <laughs> it's a mexican restaurant as we all yeah. know and so why would yes. they have ketchup exactly yes so you <laughs> <laughs> You cracked open an egg here. I think we need to explore a little bit more this okay. deep hatred of ketchup. Is this literally the only time you use ketchup? Is on yes, hash browns? It, it really is. Like if I if I have no other dipping sauces, for example, I'm eating McDonald's, which happens, you know, and and if I don't have anything else, I will not dip my French fries in anything. I will just eat them <laughs> straight, Patrick. I'll eat them naked, hmm. if you will. I am not a ketchup fan. But it's not like it's not like okay, you're I want to know at what level like there's a, if there's a if there's an emotional emotional hatred toward it and you just like avoid it or if it's like I just eh, it's like have you ever eaten french fries with ketchup? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so you're not you're not totally a, like above that. You would do it if absolutely necessary. It sounds like you you could yeah. pull it off. Yeah. I, I totally would, yeah. Let's say we're doing like a charity event, and I had to like eat ketchup for the charity event or something. <laughs> then I would eat ketchup, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I would definitely eat ketchup <laughs> if if it was with the hash browns. I don't know why, but it works for me. Um, anything else huh. um, doesn't doesn't work for me for some reason, and I don't know why that changed. But I do wonder if it's because I maybe learned how much sugar is in ketchup. I don't know what that. Yeah, I don't know when that happened, but I just one day 
was taught how much like is in there and i was like wow that, i thought that thing was supposed to be savory <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's sugary yeah, not it's... that not that there's not sugar in a lot of other things that i eat <laughs> i just I, well, have, I was like, gonna i was gonna ask something you against ketchup <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask you do you know how like i'm sure you've eaten cotton candy before I, I yes um, and uh so you know you know how much sugar is in cotton candy right like yeah it you know, is one, it's, it's it one is of... just sugar mm-hmm and that's okay. true. The, the difference between cotton candy, Patrick, and ketchup <laughs> is cotton candy. I know it's a treat, and it's supposed to be like it. I know it has sugar in it. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm about to eat sugar. I didn't know how much sugar was in ketchup. I felt like I've been tricked my whole life. You know, <laughs> like why is this full of sugar? Okay, this is this is this is amazing to me because, um, <laughs> this 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 takes me to the next condiment that I'm pretty sure you eat. That contains heavy <laughs> amounts of sugar, and and is very savory, which is barbecue sauce. Yes. <laughs> oh man, see, we're really on un- unhinging un- all of my logic here today. I feel like um, so Andy's, Andy's culinary exploration. <laughs> yeah, which does none of it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I am a fan of barbecue sauce, one hundred percent, and. One of my favorite foods is barbecue, Patrick. Yeah. So I, I love food slathered in, you know. Sugar. In, yeah. And sugar. I totally yeah. do. Um, <laughs> that includes uh, Chinese food, you know, like yes. American Chinese food, like slathered in sugar. All of it's like totally unhealthy. <laughs> so I, I totally acknowledge that this logic that I have and this vendetta I have against ketchup doesn't make a lot of sense. But I would say that I like the taste of barbecue sauce a lot more than I like the taste of ketchup. I only eat ketchup with one thing, and I don't know why that is. I'll admit that. I'm a weirdo, and I don't know why that is, but it's a thing. I don't know. No, it's, this is why we do the podcast, Andy. It's a user experience design <laughs> yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. And this is just another illustration of how human, like how, how, how humans are, right? How sort of irrational not logical we we truly are right like if you look at this yes. if you look at yourself as a logical person you'd be like okay loves cotton candy loves barbecue sauce what's in the middle ketchup <laughs> but for some reason for some reason hates ketchup right yeah. but i think i think that's what you have to take into consideration when we're designing for humans is that that specific thing of like okay like this is part of humanity. Like it doesn't make sense to us, but we're still gonna, you know, we're gonna accept it for what it is. I'm gonna accept your worldview. I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong, even though you probably are. But I'm gonna accept. I'm, I'm gonna accept your worldview and say I get it because I'm the same. I'm I'm similar in that I love I love ketchup. Like when I was a kid, I would make a ketchup sandwich. It was it was a piece oh, of wow. it was a piece of bread, <laughs> uh, piece of bread, some cheese, and then ketchup. And then another piece of bread, right? That was the sandwich I made. Wow, and it's, okay. it sounds horribly disgusting, and it is. Uh, I don't know why I did that when I was a kid. But when I, like, I'm with you on the French fry things. Like, the ketchup's not my, like, I don't hate ketchup, but it's not my go-to. My It's not my go-to uh, uh, condiment. Yeah. I'm going to go with something else. I'll, I'll go with probably anything else available before I hit ketchup. Mm-hmm. Or, or I might. Me. Or depending on the fry, like we went to Shake Shack today for lunch and I just ate the fries without any condiments because Shake Shack fries are delicious. Wow. Okay. 
Right. So I'm I'm with you. Like I don't think I I don't necessarily hate ketchup, but I don't necessarily think it's you know it's something that goes on a fry nor baked potato. Um, but I do. Thank I'm you. with you. I like it on my hash browns. Um, I, I do like it on a hot dog. But I like I like my mustard. My mustard to ketchup ratio is heavy mustard on a hot dog. Yeah. Nice. Mine is too. So I, I, I could put a little bit on a hot dog, a little bit of ketchup, but my mustard is, is totally a lot higher. Yeah. And I'm good with like just mustard, you know, get yeah. those, those onion, onions and relish and mustard. That is a hot dog. Well, if you yeah. didn't put mustard on a hot dog, it wouldn't be a hot dog. Oh, is that, I think, is that true? I think it's a hundred percent true. <laughs> okay. That's fact right there. Yeah. Right? It's not <laughs> like, I think you're, I think you're committing some kind of crime by not putting like like it's so it's 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 acceptable to just eat a hot dog with nothing on it like just just a hot dog and a bun i think that's acceptable but (laughs) but you can't you can't do like a hot dog and relish with no mustard you can't do hot dog and ketchup with no mustard like that that Mm -hmm. would be i think there's something that you there's a there's some kind of yeah law you're breaking yeah Yeah, once you cross the line and put you know, the cross the line of putting condiments on the hot dog. You have to really commit to it, right? You yeah. can't, and you have you to can't do it incorrectly. You have to do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I'm glad you had a baked potato for lunch. That sounds good. I now, like, I, I like before, baked potatoes. They're good. And I was going to ask you before we move on from this, um, how do you like your baked potato, Patrick? I like it the same as you, except... Uh, without the bacon bits i don't i'm not a fan of the bacon bits and i'll swap out sour cream or i think i'll go ranch first okay like if, if i'm looking in the fridge if there's a ranch in there i'll use the ranch if not i'll use the sour cream but i but i, I enjoy both of them sour cream is kind of finicky at times you know like you never know if it's really good or not because it always smells weird. It does. <laughs> it's always kind of got that sour smell. Yeah. You know ranch is going to last you for like five years. You know it's good. Well, ranch <laughs> is going to give you, like if you if you have ranch in the fridge, like you know looking at the bottle if it's good or not. Because it's, yeah. it's, like, it's either like ranch or it's like this curdled weird mess. <laughs> like you don't even need to smell it. You're just like, hey, okay, that's got to go. But yeah, mm-hmm. sour cream, you never know. By the way, uh, did you know sour cream? Just fun fact. You know how you get that liquid on sour cream? Like if you use it and then you put it back in the fridge. Yeah. And then a week later you get the liquid. You know how to get rid of the liquid? Like you just, prevent I, it? I just, okay, tell me. I would love to know. Okay, so you get that. I don't know how the science works actually, but <clears throat> it says on the bottle. Like, you know, the little, not the bottle, the little, the little cup of sour cream that you get, you know? You yeah. take the plastic lid off and then when you take the, the, the 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 like the freshness seal off read the mm-hmm. freshness seal because like i swear almost every sour cream says to keep this fresh uh level it out with your spoon when you put it away or something like that it depends on what it is but if you take your sour cream you take the scoop out of it put it on your your potato and then mm-hmm. you go put the lid back on just take the spoon and make it level again just like level it out whoa if it's level it will not, and then next time you pull it out, no, no, uh, no condensation, no whatever liquid that is. Wow, that's yeah, that's awesome. I want to go try that right now, Patrick. It's fascinating. Should, you should try it. I should go try it. Can you just hold on for a good fifteen minutes while I 
<laughs> I mean, our audience Go. did. Our audience held on for 17 minutes while we talked yeah. about baked potatoes. <laughs> Fine. I'll have to try it later. I'll, I'll, I'll report back okay. to the, the audience and let them know. Yeah, next week Next week we'll chat about it. You try it out because it works. Yeah. that's So you've done it. Yeah. That's awesome. We noticed it on the, the little lid, the freshness thing, and they were like, what? Okay. And then so we did it, and then, yeah, the next time I pulled it out of there after a couple of days. No liquid. That's incredible. See, that's why, listener, that's why you tune in to Design Much. Um, we have the hard-hitting pro tips right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. You, always, really you always learn something on this podcast, whether you wanted to learn it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think that's really interesting. Um, the, the little text, because I've never seen this on a freshness seal before, like saying level it out. So I want to go downstairs. Actually, I don't think... I think we probably tore off the, the little seal thing. But, yeah, I really want to see if, if that's on most of them because it's something I've never noticed before. I always just, you just open the thing and you take it off and you throw it away. Yeah. I don't take the time to read all the instructions because it's just like, here's a thing. When, so When we discovered it, um, then we noticed it on a couple of different brands. So it wasn't just the same brand. Oh, okay. But I'm not saying like every brand has it. I'm just the couple that we okay. we purchased had that and it was worded differently on both of them but it was like the same thing well that's interesting yeah fascinating good to know. that is maybe they should make that a little bit more usable and make those directions more discoverable maybe maybe they should because i, I had on the lid or something right maybe yeah because i didn't know about this i bet none of our listeners knew about this yeah so maybe like a pop-up thing like when you take the plastic off of the like the plastic lid before you get to the seal maybe they could put yeah. like a little pop-up guy in there like a little like a little milk yeah, guy like, like a little cow like when you when you the pops <laughs> like when you up. open up those pop-up books it's like he pops up like yeah. that yeah it kind of springs that would up. be delightful he kind of springs up with like a little like he's a cow face and he's got like a little a little uh like a bubble next to him and he says uh-huh. it says did you know this will stay fresher if you do this or whatever? Whatever the wording is, but yeah, I don't know how a cow talks either. So, but you don't you don't know how what the cow says, Patrick? Uh, I I think it said I think the cow says moo, but I'm thinking more, not just your regular cow, more like maybe they could license the the Chick Fil A cow to come into the the sour cream thing because everybody loves the Chick Fil A oh. cow, right? With the whole eat more chicken so it's like maybe the words are miss i don't know maybe cows speak that way like they're it's misspelled you know oh gotcha okay (laughs) that makes sense that's good these are great ideas so (laughs) sour cream companies take note yeah (laughs) so if you're looking to hire if you're looking to hire a ux designer uh at the sour cream company let me know i can probably hook you up with somebody to help you out with these kind of ideas (laughs) um well, that's a great topic. That's twenty minutes on. That's a good topic. Uh, should we should we do another twenty minutes on a on a design topic? Yeah, I think we I think we should. I not think that's that a good idea. not that we didn't topic. learn stuff about design in that last conversation on that last topic because uh-huh, I think we of did. Of course, yeah. But I think we sh- I think we owe it to our listeners to go to one of their topics that they've submitted and talk to them about that. I think that is an excellent idea, Patrick. So we're going to jump in to our Design Much random topic generator to see 
what we have today. And it looks like um, we have a topic today from an anonymous listener. Oh. Yeah. So I didn't think we allowed um, anonymous tips or we, topics. We, abso- we did, actually. <laughs> oh. Um, to give you Ooh. some context behind this, we recently sent out a survey to get feedback on our podcast. Yes, we did. Um, if you, listener, want to give us feedback on this podcast, which we would love... Um, you can check out the link in the show notes of this episode and, you know, give us your feedback. And at the end of that, you can also give us some topics. And some of those topics we have already gotten from that survey. So this one comes from that survey from an anonymous user. Beautiful. And and this topic, it it says, why do designers change jobs so frequently? (laughs) (laughs) Why? <laughs> Why do designers change jobs so frequently? Um, this is a good topic. I, I don't think it necessarily applies to designers, but I can, I can see, I can see, I can see this being more um, like, like I can see this be. I can't talk, Andy. I'm still choked <laughs> up about the whole. You don't like ketchup. Yeah. Um, no, I can see this being uh, more uh, rampant in the design community. Like I could see, I could see more designers, like less so than say you know mechanics, right? Or sure, yeah, or other industries. Even even development, I think you could probably you could probably make the case that designers designers potentially switch jobs more often because they get bored. You think so? Yeah, that's interesting. I see that happening a lot, especially. Especially the the more creative side of design, like the more visual uh, side of design. I I think I see it less in the UX world, but maybe more on the on the agency and marketing side of things. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So I I don't know what it's like specifically on the agency marketing side of things. Um, do have you seen Patrick designers switching agencies a lot? Like. Are they getting like from one agency job to another? Well, I, I have I've had friends that have worked with agencies or at marketing teams that have switched, you know, gone from one marketing marketing team to the next to the next. Okay. Right? Even in even in like SaaS products, right? I've seen people go from you know they stay for a year and a half in, at one marketing team and then they go over to another SaaS company and stay for another year and a half, or you know mm-hmm. they kind of bounce around a little bit that way. Um. And, and of course, like I think creatives and graphic designers on that end of the spectrum, right? If like we were to put like a like more of a creative side of design and more of a technical side of design, I think mm-hmm. I think you're gonna see more creatives kind of bounce around because I think in their in their world, right, like where you're where you're designing brands and you're designing um, you know websites and marketing campaigns and um, you know like prototyping material for for companies you know like i think you see that more where it's like hey i'm gonna design this brand and the brand sort of has an expiration date on it right because like once you design it then the company sort of takes it and uses it right like there's not there's not really a need for a constant change there right and we've joked around about that like every time you know marketing people come in they want to change their brand i think that's why though because (laughs) that's like that's what they enjoy doing and that's what they enjoy creating right they create this brand or they create this campaign or they create this, you know, whatever it is. 
but it has sort of an expiration date. Whereas I think is on the other side, more of the technical side, where more of your UX designers live, UX sort of never stops, right? Like it, it just, it's a continual process. So I, I think you see, I think you see creatives getting a little bit more bored on the design side than you do UX people. But yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's that's a hypothesis. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because I my my impression was like if you're the person the kind of person that gets kind of bored with the visual design and not being able to like redo those things, I would assume agency work is for you because well, you get yeah. clients and you get lots of different you know totally different styles you get to work on, and it, it's always new. Um, so I think that's really interesting. If if that's if that's what's happening, if they're switching from agency to agency. And there, there could be a lot of different factors in that, you know, like maybe the agency is just not run very well and it's not a great place to work or your creativity isn't valued there at that agency. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I think that's an interesting thought. So I wanted to throw something else into the ring as well as to why I think designers are also changing jobs so frequently. Um, I think one of them is they want to advance their career and this is a faster way to do it where they can go from one role and say, you know, I'm a mid-level designer, maybe I'm a junior designer and I want to be a mid-level. <laughs> I could maybe get that a lot faster if I go to another company. And, and or, so that could be roles or it could also be pay. So you can also get kind of a, a really quick raise that way. So I think that's, that's definitely um, a very possible way, <laughs> a reason as to why people are also changing those jobs as well. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's very true. Um, I mean, I know I've seen that in my career, right? I've used that in my career. Mm -hmm. You know, I've used that technique where I'm like, I'm at a company and like, whether, whatever the size of the company is, like, I, I just don't see me growing quickly here. You know, yeah. whether there's other people that are more senior than me that are going to get those roles or whether it's like a startup where it's like, there's just not a role for me here, right? Like, I've just been here for a while and this is what I'm going to do. And you're like, I want the next challenge. So yeah, I see, I definitely see that happening. Um, that happens quite often actually. Mm -hmm. I think, I think something else that's interesting about this. Like if, if you, if you look at like our fathers, Patrick, like when they were in their careers, like my, my dad, he was a CPA. He, I think worked probably at two, I'm going to guess two companies his entire career. And I think the first one was like a very short time. And then the next one was like the rest of his career, you know, like yeah. just, he stayed there the whole time. And I would probably guess, I'm not sure what your, your dad did, Patrick, but I'm going to make a guess that his generation or his, his career was similar. Is that true? Yeah. Once he started his career, um, he was at that company his entire life. Yeah. <laughs> so and his company changed because it was a it was a telecom company, okay, um, telephone company. So I mean, his company got bought and sold a bunch. So like every few years he was working for a different company, but it was the okay. same. But it was literally the same company, right? Like he didn't. Yeah. Same same people he worked with, same boss, same manager, same job. Oh, that's funny. Like yeah. Just different labels. Nice. Yeah, and I think like there's definitely something different about that, right? Like in, in this generation, especially like in tech, 
there are for sure like with the startup world it's like kind of a volatile like world out there where startups will happen they need a bunch of people to work at their companies and then all of a sudden they'll fail <laughs> and those people have to go work somewhere else and so people are like jumping around a lot because of the tech industry being so it is kind of volatile it's kind of difficult for a company to really be a stable company and a lot of these people that are starting these companies some of them don't know how to run a company they don't know how to treat their employees and so those employees are like at one place and they realize i'm actually not super happy here because i'm not being treated very well i'm not being paid fairly and i could be um, treated better or paid better at another company so i can jump and i think we see in the tech world all around as people are jumping all the time mm -hmm. because of all those different factors and so i think like all, all of those like can definitely you know, reason into why, why people are also switching companies a lot, especially in tech. Yeah. Well, I think to that point too, like in this, in the startup world and I think just in tech in general, um, there's, you, as a designer, you want an opportunity, right? Like you want an opportunity to create a product. You want an opportunity to, you know, showcase your work. You want those kinds of opportunities. And I think a lot of times that's kind of another reason why people leave is, you know, they come onto they come into a company and they don't see that opportunity as much. You know, they're like, "Hey, somebody else did the style guide. Somebody else branded this. Somebody else did this." Like, as a designer, I want to sort of leave my mark here too, but I don't feel like I have that opportunity, so I'm gonna go someplace else. Yeah. I think. I mean, that's why a design. That's like the only reason why a designer would go to a startup. Almost is an opportunity to build that right to like start a team mm -hmm. or build that you know, design the application that they've always wanted to design or whatever, right? Like experiment or try the stuff that they've always wanted to try that they couldn't try at another company because, you know, because of a style guide or because of, you know, that design system or whatever it is. So I think that's another thing that could lend itself specifically to design is like, hey, I want to, you know, I don't want to design this same thing anymore. I want to go somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. So I think my next question would be like, is there a problem with with the frequency of changing jobs? You know, should should we be more like our fathers, Patrick, and stick at a, the same company, you know, for forty years or whatever? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think you can do that anymore, especially in the tech world. Maybe, maybe in other, maybe other in sectors. You know, maybe in transportation, that's still the case. Maybe in whatever, but in in tech in the tech world, like your loyalty to that company only lasts so long because I don't think the company has that much loyalty. Like our parents companies did, right? Like the company that yeah. my dad worked for, you know, he had a very good pension plan. He was a, he was part of a union, you know, like all of that stuff. And so like for him to stay there his mm -hmm. whole entire life, like at the end of that 30 year career, you know, 30, 40 year career that he had, like he was able to retire and he was able to, you know, he's able to travel and live and do the things that he wants to do now, right? Based on that pension plan that he had versus like, I mean, what are we going to get? Like at a, at a, we're going to get maybe if we're lucky, we'll get a 401k. And if we're even more lucky, we'll get a 401k that actually contributes, yeah. right? <laughs> so like there's the companies now, tech companies now, especially startups, they're not built for longevity, right? They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're just not built for that kind of longevity where I think companies used to be and in different sectors were built for that kind of thing. But 
they they don't offer that same kind of like a startup is not going to offer the same kind of long term, you know, like they're, they're going to be like, yeah. hey, I'm starting a company. You're going to be here 30 years, you know, <laughs> and it's like it's like, well, how am I going to be here 30 years if a I don't know if you're going to be around in the next six months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, B, you have no, you, you have no, like, you can't even give me healthcare yet. And C, like, you're giving me a 401k that I could get by myself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, which a 401k by in of itself is volatile. So like, is that a really good retirement package for me? So I think the perspective is different. And so I think when you're in the tech industry, you, it's, it's, it's about taking care of yourself. Right. And I think, yeah, I think it's more like, like the analogy for me is more like sports, you know, like I think, I think workers, employees and tech companies are treated more like, uh, athletes in sports, maybe not the same pay obviously, but like there's a limited window of time that you have to jump into this industry and do a really good job and, and, and like do everything that you want to do in this industry. Right. And so I think, Mm -hmm. You have to kind of, kind of come in and own your own brand and be willing to, you know, make the change if necessary. If the company goes out, of, you know, if the company's not doing well or whatever, like you've got to be ready to, to jump to another, another company so you can, you can continue. You got to go to another team sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. I like that analogy. <laughs> going to the other team. Um, it's good to know that you know I'm just like an athlete, Patrick. I've always wanted yeah. to be. I always wanted to play in the Dude, NBA. You're, yeah, you know? you're an NBA star, whether you like it or not. Like that's just definitely you just, just just you know one percent of the the pay. You know. <laughs> yeah. But point five maybe. Yeah, comparatively, <laughs> it makes you think when we get paid, when we're when we're getting point five of the, what they do because their pay is so astronomically high because we get paid pretty good, right? Versus you know mm-hmm. like what my dad got paid. So yeah, like that's kind of weird to think about, but yeah, I do. I do think there's so many factors in the tech world as far as like even ageism in the tech world prevents people from staying in the tech world for very long because startups yeah. are startups are going to wash out those people, whether that's right or wrong. I like that's another discussion for another day, but you know, ageism does exist in the in the tech world much more than it it did. You know, like like our parents that experience like for our parents, our fathers, like our, our moms and stuff, that experience was more valued in their industry. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I, I freaking got back on Twitter and the first two days that I'm back on Twitter, I bump into a, a Twitter thread where they were arguing that experience doesn't matter anymore. What? As in the design world. And I'm like, okay, like that, but that's the world that that's the tech world. That's where we live in where you have, yeah, you know, you have CEOs, you have founders, you have, you know, design thought leaders telling people that like experience isn't as valuable as it used to be, which, hmm. which probably isn't the case, but that's what you have to deal with as a designer. So if you, if you join a company thinking, Hey, I'm going to be here 12 years, 15 years, 20 years, and your CEO posts something on LinkedIn about experience doesn't <laughs> matter, then maybe, then maybe you jump because you're like, well, obviously longevity is not going to be worth anything yeah. here right so the tech industry just like you said it's just really like the whole thing is just really volatile that way mm-hmm. and it moves so yeah, fast it does that's that that statement um experience doesn't matter that's so funny to me that's 
experience doesn't matter. Experience is not as valuable as as you would think. And I was just like, okay, like, sure, maybe I could see a case, maybe, but I don't, you hmm. know. But I do know designers who have been at companies for long periods of time. Like, um, uh, I know a guy. He's probably been at the company he's at now eight, nine, ten years. Yeah, uh, that's ancient, right? Yeah, and so you're like you're like, wow, geez, you've been. That's a long time. I'm coming up on five at Canopy, and I'm feeling like, am I supposed? Like, I almost feel like, like, am I supposed <laughs> to go somewhere else? You know what I mean? Like, you're like, because everybody else does every four or five years, you know. So it's almost yeah. like there's almost a little bit of peer pressure in the tech industry of just like <laughs> maybe I'm doing something wrong. I don't think I am. I think I think I'm gonna stay at Canopy for ten more years, twenty more years, whatever. Finish out my career here, but like. I think there is there peer pressure may be a thing too, you know, like, or, or sort of FOMO, right? Like maybe you see, you know, I just had a buddy of mine leave a company and go to another company. And then I was kind of like, Oh man, that would be fun to do. You know, like that would be cool. He just went to a better company, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I think, I think there's, I think some of that's at play too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You don't know what you, you might be missing out on or like what, other ways that you can grow and be challenged. Um, so yeah, I think to answer <laughs> the question I asked you a long time ago, like, is it a bad thing? I, I definitely don't think it is to, to oh. jump around. I think it might be if you do it too often, like too soon, like if you're doing it every six months, you're not gonna, <laughs> your resume isn't gonna look great and no one's gonna <laughs> think that you are like uh, loyal at all. <laughs> if they're gonna worry about having to find a new designer in six months, they're not gonna hire you. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's definitely a great opportunity for you to um, to grow in different ways. You have to learn how to work with different people um, and figure out like different ways to solve problems with them. That you you could just stay the same. You know, you're working at say you're working at Canopy for for 20 years. And you work with m- the majority of the same people there, and you know how to work together. You're, you're building awesome stuff, and that's really great. Um, but at the same time, if you go to another company, you have to learn how to do it totally differently and because they work differently. And um, it, it's definitely a different way for you to be challenged and different projects to work on. So um, I think it's definitely great uh, to be able to explore different opportunities that way. Um, you also can get um, a new role, uh, potentially more pay, and um, you get to kind of advance your skills, I think, as a designer. So. Yeah. I definitely don't think there's anything wrong with that for sure. Well, I know I know some really great designers that, you know, bounce around quite a bit, you know, every couple of years they're at a new place. Um, because I think I think I think you can get away with that as a designer if you're a talent if you're talented. Because yeah. you know, people want your skills at their company and so it doesn't really matter, you know, like if you only worked at the last company one year. Like they want your skills. And so Yeah. I think I think that that changes it too. People and tech, and maybe another reason why designers change a lot is you know tech with the whole startup scene and everything else. Like new companies are always popping up, and people are always trying to recruit talent. And so a lot of yeah. people get recruited. You know, there's a ton of people that get recruited. I I've been recruited two times, two or three times in my career. You know, I've left mm-hmm. a job that I liked. Because somebody talked me into something that was maybe better, or not, you know, at the time or whatever. So, 
I've been recruited a bunch of times. I'm sure you have. I think everybody yeah. goes through that period of like, and, and so many companies are starting up and they're like, we need talent. And they turn back to the people that they worked with at the last company and, you know, recruit. Yeah, exactly. That, that's another factor. Yeah. That we haven't talked about yet because you're getting stuff in your inbox. You're getting recruiters reaching out to you or you're getting friends saying, you know, are you looking for anything right now? Um, and then that's another thing. You're like, well, maybe I am. I don't know. You, you weren't even considering it. And then, you know, somebody pops a seed in your head and yeah. then then you might get excited about something. So I think that's another another thing that's happening, too. The little, you, then you tech. have that little debate. The little angel Andy is on yeah, the shoulder going, exactly. no, you love your company. And then the little devil angel over here, Andy's like, but Andy, you could make more money over here. Yeah. Or you can have a better <laughs> exactly. experience. And then you gotta you gotta fight with that's like constantly with, with like the tech industry. I mean, yeah, I think everybody deals with that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think like um, you have to figure out like what and we've talked about this before. I think most recently um, we learned about this um, with with Dylan's episode. Um, you have to figure out like what you are looking for. Yeah. Um, make sure that your company is serving you in your career right now, and that can help you <laughs> deal with the the devil and angel on your shoulder. <laughs> Um, so they don't have to talk you into anything. You can make the decision yourself. (laughs) And you can always like, if you have, if you don't have a cool manager, then I would suggest that you leave. But if you have a cool manager, um, and that, you know, those things pop up, you're like, Hey, this really isn't serving my needs anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, don't just jump the gun. Like, don't just leave. Like if you were genuinely happy there and you genuinely have a good experience, go to the company and go like, Hey, here's what I want in this company. Like, here's what I want in my career. Does that align? And you're, and you know, if you have a good manager and all that stuff, they'll, they'll probably like, yeah, let's try to make it happen or whatever. But sometimes Mm -hmm. even if you, you know, even if everything's great, that company itself is just not going to meet your goals. Right. And you will have to jump. But I think some people jump too quick. Like they, you know, they're like, no, this, like they don't even talk to anybody at the at the company they currently work at. They're like, I'm happy, <laughs> I'm doing great, and then some like some little devil shows up and says, Hey, what if you come over here? And you're like, Yeah, what if I do that? I'm out, without even going, you know, without even approaching and saying, Hey, because maybe you have the opportunity at that company, but you've never you've never said it, you know, you've never yeah you've never made a vocal to anybody at the company that you would like to do that, and so you know you've you you've missed opportunities because you've you haven't spoken up right absolutely and yeah to your point like if you have a good manager they're going to be excited to hear what you were looking to do in your career they're going to love to be able to work with you to help you grow because that's like what good managers love to do they're like that's like what they get out of a job is like helping designers grow and you know seeing them you know be a designer baby to a designer adult and they're they're all proud of them and everything. So that's that's like what gets, at least that's what I assume gets managers excited. But, but like every good manager, as as your as your uh, analogy with the parent thing, as every good manager, sometimes sometimes even the even the designers that you love must leave the nest, right? They yes. must go grow. They must go spread their wings, and maybe they'll return back someday. But, uh, That's right. But sometimes you gotta and you gotta let them go. You should be okay with that. I, I totally agree with that, Patrick. You shouldn't be like you know pressuring them to stay. Um, you should realize what they're looking for and maybe you know be honest. Like the company might not be able to offer that at this very moment. Um, so 
you should be honest and not lead them along, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, yeah, two weeks. G- give me two weeks, and then you got this thing. I mean, um, and then you ask for another two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I'll make something up that's not really going to happen just to keep you. Around. Yeah, like, exactly. No, no, you you have to be a good, honest manager and be like, no, man, I think it's time for you to to go fly. I don't think we I don't think we have that opportunity here for you. And yeah. so, yeah, take off. Go have fun, you know. And uh, yeah, we'll bump into each other at a Seven Eleven, or maybe we'll. <laughs> Maybe we'll start a podcast together, right, Andy? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the thing. It's like, yeah, you, you can go, but you, you can never leave the podcast, Andy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which was never my intention anyway, so it worked out great. Yeah, it worked out great. It's perfect. Yeah. But that's right. As a manager, you should be proud of your, your, your little design babies. <laughs> that's a weird thing to say. Be proud of your little design babies, whether they are growing at your company or growing somewhere else. Yeah, you know, my my new thing has been foster children. They're my foster children. Okay, nice. You know, like yeah, we we brought them in. We we pulled them into our family. They were in some hellscape somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we brought them in to shelter them and everything. But we we know that like as a foster family, like our job is to is to is to protect them, shelter them, raise them, let them grow love them, care for them, but with the understanding that, like, eventually they're probably going to leave, right? Like, once once they yeah. get to a point where they they grow too big for the, the environment that we've created for them, they have to go fly somewhere else and, you know, maybe maybe fall, maybe fall into another hellscape or maybe go to another, you know, great, <laughs> great company and, you know, do their, do their own thing. But, yeah, like, that's the way I've approached it lately is, like, instead of, instead of like, I'm raising a child or whatever, it's like, I'm like I'm I'm their foster father, you know. Okay. Like yeah. you know, you it's as a design manager, it's your job to be like their foster father, foster mother. You know, mm-hmm. you're there for them in this like X amount of time, like this period of time, and you need to do the best job to like make sure that they're better when they leave than when they came here. You know, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. like, uh, but like you can't. It's it's really hard in the tech. I mean, we didn't talk about the management side of you know the switching jobs and stuff like that but it's really it is difficult because you want to bring good people in and you want them to stay for a very long time and it is one of the most difficult things in my career has been letting really good people go because i knew they they just they, they needed to go like it was like they did everything that they could here i thought i helped them out while they were here and mm-hmm. they want to leave and i don't you know, like I kind of don't want them to stay like I do like there's the foster dad. You're like, oh, I'm going to miss you and I'm going to go into your room and be like, oh, look, the poster's still here that, <laughs> you know, she loves so much and like all this stuff. But then there's also like, I'm glad she's gone, you know, like I'm glad I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> Yeah, in a level. good way, right? Like in like a good way. Yeah, yeah. You're really proud of them. Like they've they've over. I, I love your analogy because it's like you, what you your your goal is to get them like so talented and big that they've outgrown their nest. They have to go somewhere yeah. else to stretch their wings, right? Yeah. And I just love that. Um, so yeah, like getting them ready for the world as a foster parent. Like they're they're too big for this foster yeah. home. Now, they have to go experience something new. Now I'm also a little bit glad they're gone too because sometimes as a foster kid, they were real jerks. 
and they did some <laughs> stupid stuff. So I'm kind of glad that you know I don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. But again, I can only look forward to that for about a minute and a half because then I got to bring in another foster kid, you know, to replace that foster kid, and then it's like, yeah, then they're gonna have their issues too. So, but but yeah, like it's 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 definitely it's that is definitely the most heartbreaking thing that's ever happened to me in my career was like like having one of my beloved designers quit you know yeah it's like oh i hated it man man you did it to me too you big jerk yeah i did that to you but you didn't care when i left patrick (laughs) i did too i wanted you but but again it was the it was the i still go into your room sometimes and still cry my eyes out that you're gone right i don't get to work with you every day but then again at the same time then i think man he's He's flying though, man. He's out there. He's doing like he's doing more things there than he could have done here, right? Like he's growing more there. Like we we grew him as much as we could, and now he's gonna go yeah. somebody else, some other foster, you know, mom is gonna take care of him and and take him to the next level, right? Yeah. And I'm glad. I'm hope. I hope he's you know. I hope they're doing good. Well, I I appreciate that. That's that's the best sentiment for sure. Um, that's. <laughs> That's so awesome. And and to so, be fair, Andy, you left at a time in Canopy when uh, we all knew it was dead, right? And then you mm-hmm. went over, you went across the freeway, and I think you knew that you were going to get acquired by Adobe. I think you knew. You just I didn't did tell us. I did not know that. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> did not know that. <laughs> so, better opportunity, right? That's what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I think any manager who is listening um, should really take note of 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 that way of working because that is that's heartwarming. Honestly, like just <laughs> make the designers you you are over be better than you are, um, better than they they came to the company. Right, that's what your goal is, and it's okay if they leave the nest. Um, so that's so awesome. Well, because if not, you're just you're just abusing them and using them at the end of the day, right? Yeah, they're just like a cog in the wheel, right? Yeah. A cog in the machine, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure wheels have cogs too, Andy. I don't think that was a mis- mis- <laughs> misspoken. Hopefully. <laughs> Man, cool. so well we I, learned I, about I, potatoes. <laughs> we learned about uh we learned about ketchup. Ketchup. <laughs> uh we learned what else did we learn today, Andy? We learned uh <laughs> We learned about switching jobs. Switching jobs. Why, why people, why people do it, why people do it, and uh, um, how managers <laughs> should support it, I think, yeah, is like my takeaway. That, that would be an interesting subject, too, to talk to more managers about, like, like um, how managers perceive people that switch jobs. Yeah. You know, like, how is that? Because I think, I think it's hard for a manager to be like, I want somebody who's going to be loyal in the tech industry because... The company itself generally is not, you know, I mean, a startup like it's like just by nature can't have that much loyalty, you know. And so I think I wonder if if there's any managers out there working at a startup like you just started a company. (laughs) We have no idea if it's going to be here in eight months. Right. Like we just (laughs) we just got a small round of funding. We don't know if it's going to be here for nine months. And yet. I wonder if there's a manager out there going, well, I need to find somebody that's going to be here for seven years. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I, I wonder, like, because my experience is that's not what you're looking for. You know, like, 
it's not necessarily like looking at somebody's resume going, oh, they jumped a bunch of jobs. Like, they must suck. It's more like, what are they going to contribute to my company? Because we need to take our company to the next level and hopefully they can help us. Otherwise, we're not, none of us are going to have jobs. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to talk to some managers about it too. I think so too. Something else that I want to know more about that I don't know if you can speak to, but um, I feel like. I see designers, so individual contributor designers, like they can switch jobs easier than managers can switch jobs. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I wonder what that is like. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a lot, a lot of open recs for design managers, like as much as there are for IC roles, you know? And at the same time, like, I think a manager, like them having a team that they manage, like a bunch of designers they manage, like it's so much, like I think it's kind of destruct, not destructive, but it's like so much like uproot. Uh, what's the verb I'm looking for? It's like, <laughs> it's like uprooting a tree when you take out a manager. Um, so it's it's probably hard for a manager to, to leave and switch companies a lot because it's they have to take a lot of time to to understand and work with and grow their designers. And they probably have so much, like as, as you kind of like expressed, like they have so much feelings toward those designers that they're over because um, they're trying to help them be better people, be better designers. And just like s- jumping to the next job over and over would be really hard to accomplish that. So I, I'm also, I'm just curious to know like what, what's that, that it would be like for managers to do that. And if it's an easy thing or a very difficult thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, only from my, it, it's an interesting question. I know some other managers to other design directors and stuff. And I, I've heard the same sentiment with them too, as far as like, I feel like when I was, when I, when I was more of an individual contributor, I wasn't so worried about losing my job because I knew I could get another job. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they came to me and fired me today, I'd be like, well, that's fine. Like, I mean, it's not fine, but I mean, like, I could, you know, I might take a couple weeks or whatever. I'd be more bummed You're just about like expecting. A... Well, I'd be more <laughs> bummed that so I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> It'd be like surprised. <laughs> like, geez, I'm already packed up. I figured you'd do that <laughs> at least a year ago. What took you so long? Yeah. <laughs> I think I was more worried. I think I was more worried about putting my portfolio together than I was worried about actually finding another job. Like, but, but as a, as a manager, like I, I like, I, if I lost my job today, like I would be more, I'm more scared of losing my job than I was when I was an IC. Cause mm-hmm. there's just more opportunity for you to go be another IC somewhere. Right. Like there's just more people, that job is more needed. You know, yeah. there's, there's just, just numerically, Right. There's 10 designers at a company. There's two managers. Right. Mm -hmm. So like just just by sheer nature of that, like it's it's going to be harder for you to find another job. But then it's also I think you're I think when you're a design manager director, I've watched a couple of people go through this process of finding a new job as a manager director. And I think the the scrutiny of the hiring process at a new company is very is it's much more difficult than an IC. So so I think you I think those two factors make you question like should i leave the company or should i not like you get (laughs) 
you're like you're like happy in the company like man but I, there's a couple things that piss me off blah 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 and then you look around and you're like but okay there's not a whole lot of opportunity like <laughs> if i if i quit my job i can't just run next door and be like hey hire me right mm-hmm. look at my cute portfolio i did one case study like hire me it's more like <laughs> It's more like, okay, there's an opening over here at this other place, but their company philosophies, like, I don't know what their philosophy is, and I don't know, like, what experience level they're looking for, and, you know, are they looking for somebody to, like, start a team, are they looking for somebody to take over a team, and I think there's just more, there's just heavier things you'd have to deal with, and then again, there's just not that many opportunities, you know, so... It makes you question job hopping, hopping when you're a manager. <laughs> Plus, you don't do it as much because I think you generally have more shares of the company too. If you're in a startup, and so sure, you know, I don't know. Well, well, selfishly, I'm kind of glad that's the case because um, I, <laughs> I as an IC designer, um, really uh, lean on my manager to help me grow and learn a lot, and so like changing managers or a manager quitting it's like whoa it's like this it's like this horrible experience like when that happens it's like what's gonna happen now what's gonna happen with all this stuff and you like start to panic you know <laughs> so um i am glad that it's hard <laughs> for to, for managers to find new jobs because i get to keep my managers longer so that's great for me yeah yeah you don't want that you every time you every time you lose a manager <laughs> there's the fear of like oh crap, the new manager's going to come in and like chop yeah. heads and he's going to be a <laughs> yeah. jerk and, you know, she's going to, you know, make us, you know, come to a meeting every morning or like you never know what, there's the unknown of that. Like <laughs> we've talked about it before, like a good manager makes your home life a lot happier, right? Than a bad manager. Seriously. Yeah. 100%. It so makes, like it makes it worry. It's, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, so like, that's what like when i'm looking at jobs i want to know what the manager's like you know that's that's a big thing for me yeah um so it's uh uh you good managers out there um keep it up and don't don't leave your jobs keep helping your designers yep cool we learned a lot i hope i hope anonymous learned some stuff too yeah me too me too and if you have a topic i know this is probably in our our in credits but if you have a topic shoot us a topic and how do you do that patrick what's the email address well you can go you can go to the link in the show notes and take the survey and then drop us a topic that's right Right? and that's probably the best way to do it right now because we want to get your feedback and we would love any topics you would you would like us to address on the show so we're not going to tell we're not going to tell anybody there's any other ways right now we'll let the end of the show thing do it but for that (laughs) like there's only one way right now andy which is to go into the show notes (laughs) click on the link and uh to the survey take the survey and then and then give us your topics there yes yeah and um yeah we we want to know not only your topics but of course we want your feedback we want to make this uh podcast valuable for you um so let us know what we can continue doing and what we could stop doing (laughs) all those things that 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 we do to annoy you all the ums that i put in my sentences yeah and the likes um, (laughs) that i just put in right after all my likes (laughs) i did i did get i got a message i got well i got four messages while we were having this conversation because we're live broadcasting this for some reason right um (laughs) somehow magically 
But they all said they wanted more baked potato talk. That's all, every single one of them. More baked potato talk. Yeah. Oh, I don't blame them. That makes a lot of sense to me. So. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's lots of ways to eat a baked potato. We haven't, you know, even touched the surface of that iceberg yet. No. So, or I guess it's not, you don't touch a surface, you scratch the surface <laughs> of an iceberg. <laughs> I'm doing great with my... <laughs> My phrases today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a scratch is a touch, so, I mean, logically it I makes guess. sense. Like, it, it works. But it's not the, uh, it's not the, uh, is that a, is that a colloquialism? How do you say that word? Uh, it's either that or like an idiom. Idiom, it's an, yeah. It's an idiom, yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's it's definitely something, and I need to, to work on my speaking <laughs> skills, Patrick. Being a, a co-host of a podcast, I should get better at that. Uh, hey, we're learning and growing. Did you, have you listened to the first episode of our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say have, it's terrible, yeah. but uh, I think we. I, I want to say we've we've learned a lot over the last couple of years. I think so. I think say. that that episode, I probably was only able to put out two, you know, grammatically correct sentences. <laughs> Um, and now, now I can kind of do that a lot better. I can, I can say a lot more sentences now. So it's yeah. been good practice for me. It's good. <laughs> okay, man. Talk to you later, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time, Patrick. Same, same bat day, same bat channel, same bat time, same bat channel. Same bat channel. Yep. That's it. Oh, before we close the show, because this happened okay. last time, uh, Michael Nilsson did text me during oh, the recording of the show again. Um, it's not something during... that I should be able that I should say on there, but on air, <laughs> on recording, I, this shouldn't be recorded. But I'll tell you, the meme that he sent me is hilarious. Okay, good. Yeah, that's but great. But it's definitely not safe for the podcast. <laughs> Uh, that's the way Michael rolls, isn't it? <laughs> or, or I mean, if somebody's listening right now, they haven't given up on us. It's a picture of a family eating dinner, <laughs> <laughs> and the first caption says "kid." Right, the kid's saying something. Dad knows everything, right? Then the dad says, "LOL, chill. I don't even know if you're mine." <laughs> wow. <sighs> nice. Thanks, Michael Nelson. Thank you, Michael Nelson. I I think maybe we should have a segment every episode where we read what what Michael Nelson recently texted you. Yeah, that would be fun. Assuming he texts me every time we record the podcast, he's he's two for two. He's two for two yeah. right now. So, and I don't think he knows that we record the podcast at the time that we record the podcast. I don't think he knows that. <laughs> so. Amazing. Yeah, he just he just feels it from miles away. Yeah, just senses it. Spidey senses. Okay, well, bye, Andy. See you, Patrick. Let's try this again. <laughs> <laughs> We've tried to end like three times now. Yeah. <laughs>
shoot an email to topics at designmuch.org or go to designmuch.org slash contact and fill out the form. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, go ahead and share the pod with some friends, coworkers, your weird aunt, that guy who takes your money every morning at the McDonald's, your hamster, really just whoever you want to. Lastly, go grab a Design Much t-shirt at designmuch.threadless.com and wear it freaking proudly. That's it, guys. Now have a good week, design nerds.